listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb Podcast. My name is Bure Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Howdy ho. I have a quick story for you, because every time something happens funny with my kids now, I think of you, because I think, well, this is going to be Gary soon. This is what I'm in for? Yeah, this is what's coming. So uh, we're in the car uh, yesterday, uh, the wife and I, and we're driving, and uh, my nine-year-old is in the back, Mackenzie. And uh, we're driving, and I looked over at my wife. There's noise and stuff, and my, I assume my daughter is deep into Minecraft or whatever she's doing back there, when actually she's not. She's paying attention, and this is something you need to know. They hear everything. They hear everything. You little, think they're not paying little attention. Little parrots. They hear everything. So we're driving, and I looked over at my wife, and I said, Hey, did you, uh, did you get the text I sent you? And she goes, uh, Yeah, and so did Mackie. I'm like, What? She goes, Well, we were looking at something on Facebook together when the text popped up. And I'm like, what are you doing? You've got to turn that off or something. You can't have my texts always pop up, you know, where, where Mackenzie can are see it. Are you sending a lot of texts you wouldn't want your daughter to see? And she said, well, you know, what are you going to do? You're watching, you're looking at Facebook together, and it popped up. And I was like, oh, great. And that's when Mackenzie in the backseat chimed in, and she said, yeah, Dad, and you misspelled six. You spelled it with an E. <laughs> <laughs> And I, and I, and now I, I, I am, I am, I mean, I just want to die. I want to die laughing, but I can't give away that that's not exactly what happened. So I, so I'm trying to hold it in and, and of course Bobby is on the other side of the car, like, you know, burying her, her head into her, her shoulder. And, and I go, and I go, yeah, baby. I go, I'm daddy's not the best speller. And she goes, yeah, if you don't learn to spell, I'm going to go to school and tell everybody that you can't spell. And I'm thinking, yeah, that's just what I want is for you to go to school and tell your teacher that daddy is spelling six with an e uh, he's sending texts to mommy and spelling six with an e so that's what you have to look forward to we, we you think that there are things that you think are funny now that you watch on tv or you know or movies or whatever that you love but the most and hardest you will ever laugh in your life is when your kids do things and i and people find that hard to believe i think who don't have kids they think well whatever but yes you will find that the funniest moments in your life will be things that your kids do well um I'm sure that that's true. You think so? But I was wondering, I wonder about this. Like, we should start a separate, like, p- parenting podcast. <laughs> no, no, because this same nine-year-old uh, had a discussion with my wife the other day where she said, I don't, I don't like that you yell at me all the time. And, uh, and, and Bobby said, well, I don't yell at you all the time, but, you know, we have to tell you what to do. It's our job. And she said, I, I don't like you telling me what to do. <laughs> Very matter of fact, I don't want to be told what to do. Can we get on that? Can we fix that problem, please? Well, it's fine. Just bring the lawyers in. We'll draft up some paperwork. Exactly. You're on your own. By she the way, totally didn't understand that. She was you're like, going to need to find another place yeah. to live. By the way, I don't <laughs> like being told what to do. And like, would you get on that, please? I would pl- please stop with the with the telling us what to do. I'm at the stage right now. If uh, you know, if Ellie is displeasing me with her behavior, I just put her in the baby cage. There you go, the baby cage. In the baby cage, and then it's done. <laughs> Truthfully, um. Uh, I, I'm, I I worry about a lot of stuff. You think a lot more about the future when you're when yeah, you're a new sure. parent, and uh, there's just all kinds of weird. Have you started the college fund? Uh, no, that's next year. That's yeah. on the books for next year. You know what's funny is I started a college a little college fund, and I put a little money in it because at the time we were doing okay, and I put a little money in the college fund, and that little fund has outperformed every single thing I have. It's better than my 401k or my IRA or whatever. That fund is the best performing thing that I have, and now I'm like. 
That's my money. I want my money back. <laughs> can I have my money? <laughs> no, it's going to my kids' college Don't worry, education. honey. You can always go to community college. Uh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. I'm like, no, that's, that's you know, I'm like, oh, come on, look how well that's done. That's a, that's a Corvette right there. Yeah, well. you know, but yeah so I, I find it funny that the little college fund is the best performing thing that I have. That's, uh, you know, that's interesting. I, you know what? I've got a friend who is a financial expert for small business. It'd be really cool to have him come sure. in and we can talk about some stuff. If we could only things. get some people on the show who actually have some knowledge to impart, I think that that would be that's a direction we, we could take we the show can in. as long as they don't listen to the show first yes <laughs> hey like to take the show I, in that speaking direction. of listening to the show i have some interesting information all right okay i uh, pour over the statistics from our podcast how many people are listening where do they live what device <laughs> they're using how long does that take how many person are listening <laughs> you like i pour over the, like there's reams of data no 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 this is i i i'm constantly looking at it and did you know this is this kind of blows my mind? The number one city of listenership in the world is Meridian, Ohio. Meridian, Ohio. Yes, Meridian, Ohio. I don't even know uh, how can it not be Tampa or Orlando? Uh, here it fluctuates because the, the 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 metrics only do like either five or ten episodes back. I haven't figured out how to look at it all time. Right. And so we had like number two used to be Sydney, Australia, and right. now that's, you that that's down that at like have. number seven now. And I think that Tallahassee is up there. Thanks, Tallahassee people for Yay, listening. Yay, Tallahassee, we love you guys. And what has taken the uh, the the lead, the overall lead, what, what, Meridian, Ohio? How is that? Do you know anyone in Meridian, Ohio? Not that I'm aware of. So I'm we have to like think a of why we, that would be. We have like a cult following in Meridian, Ohio. Well, I'm wondering if like because you know I get destination brides and and sometimes they're I just did a wedding where they were from Ohio. As a matter of fact, this wedding last weekend was from Ohio because it was all you know Buckeyes, Buckeyes, Buckeyes. So I wonder if like maybe like one of my weddings they saw on it my couldn't be just one person because well it's, no it's, but they saw on Facebook that I that I follow that I have a podcast and then maybe they told everyone in the wedding party and then maybe they all listened to it and suddenly that's ten people listening. Even then, it wouldn't account for it. Really, like it's a lot, like well, it, and it's crazily higher than every other. It can't other be that city. crazy. We only have like twelve listeners total. It is crazily higher than the next city. It's not even close. Is there some sort of uh, internet robot engine that listens to every podcast that's based in Meridian? Or here's what I like to think: I like to think that somebody back in your like uh, 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 Carabas Italian Grill serving days, <laughs> some, macaroni grill, some line cook that you pissed yeah, off is, is sitting in a room listening to over and over, over and over and over because because it, it counts every listener, not not. It's not people. It's it's been listened to this many times. Right. So it's like the Steve right. Buscemi in Billy Madison, like sitting in a dark room putting lipstick on no, himself I, and I waiting like, for no. the opportunity to kill you. But he's obsessed with you and he needs to purge no, the fixation. I like to think it's one of my many dejected love conquests who is in Ohio <laughs> now, listening with longing to my voice again and again and again. And for that young Thinking. man, we'd like to say, <laughs> I'm so sorry for what Boomeray did to you. <laughs> yes, we do apologize, Ralph. <laughs> Sorry, Ralph, Steve, Terry, and Bob. All living in a commune in Meridian, Ohio, and listening to my voice. <laughs> what, I, or, or I'm a cult figure. What if What if we are the religious figures yes, of saying. some weird right, cult some weird in cult. Ohio? There's like six people in a well, cult yeah, what in was Ohio. The group, what was the group that had the Star Trek thing that killed themselves back in the 90s? Uh, the uh, uh, Heaven's Gate or something? Yeah, that, Heaven's that's Gate. That's us, right? They get around, Every Sunday night, they sit around in chairs with magic shirts and they listen to our podcast homemade iron on shirts made from our facebook profile pictures and they all and they listen to our podcast gosh isn't that weird though ohio i mean florida is very heavily represented because we're here in florida a lot of people but 
Meri- Meridian, yeah, Ohio. I don't get it. Meridian, Ohio. Okay, so if you listen to us in Meridian, Ohio, would you please uh, send us an email at uh, questions at photobombpodcast. We would love to have your cult leader on the show. We would. We're not sexist. No, any, whoever or possibly it if you are an alien race. Also, yes. Anyone. Because Meridian, I, I mean, is, is that near? Is it near Cincinnati or, or anything like that? You know what? I'm going to I'm gonna pull it up right oh, now. Oh, gosh. Don't pull up on the same thing that's recording the podcast. <laughs> My computer. Don't take that chance. Because and for those of you listening, Bure is a little upset just because um, about uh, when we were recording a previous episode on another occasion, my, we were halfway recorded through an episode, and my computer just yeah, decided like to shut down. Twenty minutes in, and we lost the whole thing and had to start over. And it's not the first time when we first started doing the podcast, we lost like two or three episodes, gone. Yeah, those are the lost episodes. That's the first episode of I Love Lucy. That's you know that's the that's the pilot for Firefly. <laughs> it's gone. It's gone forever. All right, Meridian, Ohio. Where is it? Um, still can't find. But it. isn't isn't anything in Ohio close to Cincinnati or? It's actually really close to Columbus Pit- to or Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh. Yeah, because yeah. Ohio, there's a lot of big cities in and around Ohio. Right. And anyone from Ohio, you ask them where they're from, they'll say, "I'm from such and such." It's an hour north of right. Blah. Because there's well, you know, there's some good cities in Ohio: Cleveland, yeah, Cleveland, Cincinnati, Cincinnati, City of Seven Hills. Man, Cincinnati's a great town. Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's in Pennsylvania. But it's close. Oh, yeah, it's close. <laughs> I was like, Bure, did you yeah, fail geography? So no, I'm, I'm looking at Meridian, Ohio. Is I mean, it's real close to Pennsylvania or uh, to Pittsburgh. It's well, there like you go. Right it's on the Pittsburgh. Border. So uh, some we got, and it's actually not. It's just across one of those uh, big lakes. I'm telling you, I had a wedding Detroit, this last yeah. Saturday, and it was all Pittsburgh and and Ohio Buckeyes. You know, um, <laughs> I, I Buckeyes, right? Like Ohio's always solid in football. Keith no Jackson, Capanaccia. Yeah. But there's uh, a. <laughs> There's a there's a friend of ours who has her boyfriend is obsessed with the Buckeyes, right? right? So we're having a we're having a party, and I think it was I don't remember what party it was. It may have been we have we we have a lot of get-togethers at our house. We love having a house full of people, and so um, one of, one of our friends comes over with her boyfriend who we hadn't met before, and he's got his Buckeyes T-shirt on and over that like a blazer, you know. And anyway, he's a nice enough guy, and then um, so. This girl comes to me and says, you know, he really is wants to watch the Ohio State game. Do you have it? And at the time, we didn't have cable because right. we were just Netflix and Hulu type of stuff, and we didn't really care oh, about cable. Oh, you and you bohemian new young person ways. Oh, I the, have cable We don't now. have cable. We have the Hulu. We watch it on our computer. We don't even have a TV. We just watch everything on our phones. Are you finished? No, I'm just saying. That's you <laughs> versus me. I've got like a cable and rabbit ears. Yeah, well um, – <laughs> now I've de- you've derailed my story. So basically, it's like I tried to look on the internet. There's no way to stream the game. I didn't right. have any sports packs. Didn't have cable. So I was like, "Hey, look, man, I'm really sorry. I tried to find the a way you could watch the game, but we just don't have it." And then so you know, he's like, "Oh yeah, no, don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. I can catch it later." And as it turns out, like 20 minutes later, you know, everybody's milling around. I'm talking to the girl. I say, "Hey, where's what's his face?" You know, and she goes, "Oh, he's in the car watching the game on his phone." <laughs> like that's dedicated yeah, that's fan because th- we had yeah. we had a whole sh- I mean, we lay out the spread we had right. a we had a buffet like you wouldn't believe we had music we had tons of people and laughs and booze and instead of being a part of any of he's that he's out in the car he's out in the car watching the high- and now that's a dedicated buckeye here's right what there. here's what annoys me okay uh, among many things and that is uh, you ever meet the person who is a huge fan of a college football team. Mm-hmm. And they did not go to college there. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. All the time. That, that, that drives uh, me crazy. Uh, now, wait a minute. Now, there's a, there's a caveat. Now, I have a friend who's a huge Gators fan, but she grew up where the Gators are. In Gainesville. Right. So, I, I, I get that. Okay. But it's the folks who are like, yeah, where'd you grow up? Well, I grew up in uh, North Florida, and I'm a huge fan of the Hurricanes. Did you go to the University of Miami? No. But I'm a huge Hurricanes fan. 
I don't. I, we've got two professional football teams in the state, and many colleges with professional teams we have closer three to you. Professional football teams in the state. Oh, that's right. We do. We got. You know, that's right. The Dolphins. Don't the, forget. I, was, I wasn't counting the Bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the Bucks are the only team we have that have any hope. That's true. That's uh. true. But we have three pro teams and college teams that are closer than. But you just like the Miami Hurricanes and love them. You know, um, here's the thing I think about sports fanaticism. Any kind of fanaticism in life, just sort of, I don't get it, right? I'm not, right. I'm just sort of <laughs> not fanatical. But, but the sports fanaticism, yes. like I've seen. Yes. I've so seen it says the man who knows everything about Star Wars there is fanatic. Not fanaticism. There are people that are way worse. <laughs> okay. Oh, you're not I, fanatic because you're not I'm the not, top fanatic. I'm not beating people up in a bar over Star Trek versus Star oh, okay, Wars. Right. I've been in you a, be. I've been in a bar one time where I, at during, it was the Yankees and Red Sox where Two guys got into a fist fight because one liked the Yankees yeah. and one liked the Red Sox. And I'm thinking, the Red Sox or the Yankees wouldn't even care if you died. No, they don't care they about wouldn't, you. They wouldn't care if you got AIDS and died. They, they wouldn't care. They wouldn't they lift a finger for you, and you're punching somebody in the face over it. You know? That's right. Drives me crazy. Now, that being said, you can be indoctrinated a little bit by your parents into a team. Sure. I know plenty of people whose parents, father, mother, grandfather grandmother who was like a, I'm a volunteer I'm you know I'm a Tennessee volunteer and they grew up in Florida but they're big Vols fans you know right, what I mean right so it, it's but at the same time there are those people that it's just like I'm a real big Florida State fan or I'm a real big LSU fan or, or Duke or wherever and you go like oh really do you go to school there no oh you, you know what about your parents your parents must have gone no you ever met anybody that's ever been there no have you you ever been there like no like, did you just throw a dart at a map? <laughs> That's right. And the closest college to that dart became the college team that you're going to root for? The ones I really hate, though, are the ones who are huge Yankees fans. Well, because the Yankees win a lot. They like, they like rooting for the winner. You yeah, know, who football fans, like who, football fans, not so much now, but back in the day, it was like, no matter where they lived, well, I'm a huge Cowboys fan. Well, yeah. In the 90s, and, the yeah, Cowboys. I was, a huge, yeah. I was a huge Cowboys fan. The or, Yankees and, and now football, it's, oh, yeah. I'm a huge, I, I, I love New England. Really? Mm-hmm. You love New England? It's because they won a lot of Super Bowls when you were growing up or whatever, and that's why you love them. Hey, and you know what? I got no problem if you change allegiances either. If you're a huge Saints fan and then you move to Florida and you move to Tampa, it's okay to become a Bucks fan. Here's the thing, though. There's almost a certain amount of pride. There's a certain type of person that's going to go to the Bucks games when the Saints are in town and sit in the section and root for the Saints because, you know, in, 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 to be in New Orleans, to be a Saints fan – Everybody's a dang Saints fan. Oh yeah, you know? sure. If you are living in Miami and you're a Saints fan, you're in a much smaller group. Sure, you're, you're more special. Well, you know, Drew Carey when he moved to Los Angeles said he had a problem because he was he was he said I, I couldn't see switching allegiances. I wasn't going to do it. I'm from Cleveland. I'm a Browns fan. I, I, I you know and, and the Indians and everything else. He said I can't. I just couldn't. I I'm not that guy. I wasn't going to switch my allegiances. And yet I couldn't watch the games and stuff. It was hard to follow them. So what am I going to do? So he got into soccer and now he owns a soccer team. <laughs> Not kidding. Drew Carey owns a soccer team, and he did it because he refused to switch his allegiances to an, a Los Angeles-based team, and he couldn't get his games. So he said, I'll find a new sport and get a new allegiance that I can. And he started following soccer, and he got into it. Eventually, he became an owner of a team. Can you imagine how hard it's been to be a Cleveland Browns fan his whole life? Yes, it has been. <laughs> and by the way, let me also point out that Drew Carey is a uh, very good photographer. Is that right? Drew Carey Shut your face. worked as a stringer shooting soccer games. He worked as a stringer. I'm talking about after his TV show. When he got into soccer, 
he started really getting into it, and then he got into photography, and then he went and covered like the World Cup as a photographer on the sidelines. Wow. As a freelance photographer on the sidelines, covered the World Cups and, 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 and the prelims and stuff like that, and sold images to national publications and stuff. Do you know that um, there, are, there are quite a few celebrities that dabble in photography or sure. are great photographers? Sure. Recently passed Leonard Nimoy. Yes, he was very big into it. Yeah, I, and his work was very kind of artsy, a lot of pictures of naked fat people and stuff like that, but you know. <laughs> Um, you know, he, he 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 did photography for many many years. Um, Kenny Rogers, Kenny Rogers, big photographer. Here's one that I wasn't uh, aware of: Jeff Bridges. No, I didn't know that. I'll tell you who else uh, you might not be aware of. Uh, she was very much into it in her younger days. Uh, Candace Bergen. Really, Murphy Brown? Yes, Murphy Brown was very much a photographer when she was like in her twenties. Like it, like went on assignment for Life Magazine. Really? Yes, that is awesome. I didn't. You know who else? Um, Chris Pine. From Star Trek, the new Star Trek no movies, and yeah, all really? into photography. Yeah, wow. Yeah, there's. It's a really interesting Buckle because up. it's such a cool hobby. It's such a cool thing to be into. And um, what I really like about learning about Jeff Bridges being into photography was that he's been doing it for years, and he has an old panoramic film camera, and mm -hmm. he basically photographs the behind the scenes of the movies that he makes. Right. So he's got all these great photographs of behind the scenes and the sets and everything of all the movies that he's made over the years that he's been doing for a long time. I thought, what a cool like book that could come out, like a retrospective of his career and the behind the scenes of how filmmaking worked and stuff like that. Just really cool. And here we are thinking, like, I'm trying to make my whole living in photography. I'm a professional photographer. And I'm just thinking, I should have gone to dental school because photography would still be really fun. Yeah, you know? I, I, I envy those people. <laughs> I really do. I envy the person who uh, photography is just a hobby for them. And they don't have any pressure to please. They can just do what they want to do. You know, I started doing a little bit of that myself recently because I realized I never shoot for myself anymore. I'm either shooting for a client or I'm shooting for my family. I'm shooting for, you know. I'm, well, isn't that I, shooting for I, yourself? I'm, I'm just saying it's for me. But mostly I'm thinking i got to get good pictures of the kids. You're for taking antiquity. vacation photos and fun stuff that you're doing as a fit. You're not setting up proje personal projects and shooting. Yeah, I'm never shooting just for myself. Right. I'm never like, you know, I'm going to take my camera today. I'm going to go out, and I'm just going to shoot for me. I want to make one point, though, about that. Uh, you, you, you mentioned just a minute ago uh, about shooting to please. Right. Although, isn't it part of the fun, part of the thing I love about photography, being a professional photographer, is that when I do shoot for a client and I do please them, you know, well, and, they yeah, and mean, it blows them away. Something I do makes them, yeah. that to me is what really rings my bell. Every wedding I do at some point after I've done the, you know, the beautiful bride and groom together shots or whatever, I will find the mom of the bride and I will show her one on the back of my camera. And it's twofold. One is I want her to see I've gotten some really incredible stuff so you can rest your mind at ease. But also I want to be there for the reaction. I may not, because she may not come to the viewing, I may not get to see her reaction when she first sees that picture, and I want to see it. I want to be there when she goes, oh my God, look at this, Joyce, look at this picture right here. And, you know, I'm sorry, I, who doesn't like that? Sometimes on a crappy day, something like that, that, that kind of recognition. Yeah. And, and you know what, maybe in a perfect world, if everybody was psychologically healthy, you wouldn't need that recognition. What a, what a terrible world that would be. <laughs> yeah, if everybody no was just well-rounded and healthy yeah. and was you know fulfilled what a bunch of bullshit no but in, in reality um we need that that's part of the reason why we do what we do is because photography and doing it makes you feel like you're creating 
makes you feel like you're making something, makes you feel special. And right. here's the other side of it. Getting that kind of recognition has probably caused more people to come into the industry oh, sure. than anything else. Absolutely. Oh, I love your pictures. You should be a photographer. You yep. know what? Maybe I should be. Uh, how many times have you been on another photographer's website and the story in the About Me is, I had children or my wife had children and I started photographing my kids and it became a passion for me and, and or and they started posting pictures but he loved their stuff and now they're photographers and I think that's cool. Everybody's got to find a way into the industry. Everybody's got to find falls in love with photography in their own way but I find that has been a very common theme it's like people start putting stuff on Facebook or Instagram and getting a lot of recognition there are photographers that started their whole careers that way that just started photographing for fun shooting what they want and then became amazingly successful there's uh, Benjamin Von Wong I don't know if you know him he's a terrific photographer um, and he's been has has only been doing photography for like five years or something like that and he um, just started Putting together like elaborate shoots, like making costumes out of like leaves and string and like just doing cool stuff. And then he ends up working for like Nike and like all these big companies because it's because of social media, because of the internet, he's just posting his stuff. It kind of snowballs. And now he gets flown all over the world to do really cool campaigns just doing what he loves to do. And that kind of business model I always find really inspiring. I actually kind of started that way. I mean, I had been a photographer in high school and I had, a, I had my own dark room when I was in junior high and all that kind of stuff. But then it kind of drifted away from it. It was a little bit of a hobby from time to time, but that was about it. And then when we had our kids... Uh, my wife went to a professional portrait studio like two or three times in one year when the baby was first born. And when I saw the bill, I said, you know, for that much money, I could buy new gear and start doing this myself. Where did she take the kids? Uh, to a local, uh, a local photographer here. Somebody uh, you know still? Um, yeah. Well, actually, I never actually, I didn't really know him. And I just recently met the guy. I was shooting, uh, I was shooting the Outback Bowl. And Kevin Newsom introduced me to me on the, on the sideline. His name is uh, Nachman, Nachman Photography. Mm-hmm. And um, so um, I, um, so I, I can, so I, you know, I can buy the gear because I was a photographer in high school. And I can just buy some lights and stuff and I start doing this stuff myself. And I was so terrible. I was awful. But here's what's funny. When I first started, you know what lights I bought? I was like, you know, I can do this on the cheap, you know. I just need lights. So I go down to Home Depot and I buy some of those work lights. Hot ass work lights. Those work lights. And I'm like, I'll just put these work lights up on the baby and I'll just take some pictures. And it, and, and, and all the pictures I, the baby's even, sweating. Yes, I hate to even mention it. They are. It was so, ex- oh my God, it was so terrible that I was so stupid and so totally didn't understand what I was doing that I thought that that was all it was. Well, that's all it takes to be a photographer. You just need some lights and a camera. That's all you really need. And of course, you know, five years later, Later and 60 hours a week of constant learning and education and practice, I came to realize, oh, wow, there's a whole lot more to this, you know, and I became an actual uh, photographer. But the fact that I thought that 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 I could reproduce what that guy does with some shop lights from Home Depot. <laughs> Dude, now here's the uh, thing, though. Like, you could still use those. You know what I mean? It's the the cool thing about it. Is well, yeah, because now I understand light and, yeah. and I understand it that wasn't the equipment. what they would be used for. It wasn't the equipment. You could have probably made something really cool with those lights. If I turned them around, bounced them off the wall, if give me a nice big white what light you source. Know now. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And you could have done something really cool, but it develops, it grows, you know, it's whatever. But what started you on that path, like so many other people, is taking pictures for yourself, for your family. Although you had begun a journey many years before, but what got, and then that turned into becoming your job now. A job that you do really well at and a job that you're very good at. You know? Right, right, and absolutely. And everybody has that story, and I think that that's, that's really cool. And to, to know that there are 
so many other people out there, especially, um, I, I, I don't know why it is, but we love to identify with celebrities. But whenever I find out somebody famous is like into photography, I'm just, I'm always kind of cool. It's like it's a connection. And I go, wow, that's really interesting. And the idea to me that you can do something else and still do photography and be really good at it is sort of, you know, the idea of it is like heroin. It's just so freeing. It's like I can yeah, do I hate photography those guys. to do fun. You know? I hate those guys. I hate when you see a guy like uh, like Jeff Bridges, who's also into photography and pretty good, and plays a mean guitar and can write a song. He's, oh, he's you know, awesome. Yes, and you just really can you please just die. I'm struggling to just be good. Die. I want to be good at one <laughs> thing, and you're good at like six things. Yeah, well, you know that's what it's like to be you looking at me. Probably that's yeah. exactly what it's like. <laughs> I look at you and I think there's a guy who's good at so many things. Don't He's worry, got I'm, the. Uh, I'm fatter than you, at least. There's the. Uh, you're in better shape than me, and you're like. 18 I am not years in better older. shape. I'm in terrible shape. Really? I'm in terrible. You want to have a push-up contest? You, know, you, you, you would beat the crap out of me. <laughs> I wouldn't do one. I couldn't do one push-up. I'd do a push. That's it. There'd be no up. It'd just be. There would just be push. If you would yeah. like to have a push contest, that one I can win. But, <laughs> but the up part, not so much. You want to do girly push-up contest? Where, where you're on your knees. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not. I am. I am. I have spent. My, my wife loves to say, "Your hands are so soft," and I always say, and I always say, and I always say the same thing. That's a lifetime of avoiding manual labor. Absolutely. That's exactly what my hands are so soft because I have managed to avoid a shovel or a hammer or anything related to any sort of actual strenuous activity. Can I, can my I entire your hand? Life. I don't know if I've ever. So, it's very soft. Hold on. Ah, yeah, it's very soft. They you're, are. They're a little turned on right now. Yeah, yeah. those are soft. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I like. Well, I'm sorry. That was a calluses, bit. calluses on the left fingertips a little bit from the guitar, but that's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, that's. Uh, that's because I never in my life have had a job. The, right now, the job I do now is the most strenuous physical job I've ever done in my life. The wedding photography. Yeah, I spent 20 years sitting in a chair in front of a microphone. I never, you know, I, there was no. Yeah, it, yeah. Uh, photography in general. I did a job uh, last week. That was a four-day-long convention, a conference for right. a, for a huge company with 2,500 attendees, and we had headshots going. We also had event coverage, and there were five of us, m myself and four other photographers that I know that came and shot it with me. Um, because yeah, I'm I, sorry I couldn't come by the way and and help, and help you with that job. I I I, I missed the email that you, you. I'm sure you sent me an email and asked me to come work that job. I with figured you. that it would be and a little inconvenient it. for you to drive two yeah, hours. I missed that. But uh, I missed that email. <laughs> For that nice Wednesday job or that uh, could have brought me a little extra income. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have done it for me for what I've paid. <laughs> that's probably. the truth of the matter, right there. Yeah, um, I'm not driving two hours and working for well, that. That's job. the other thing. The uh, anyway. Long story short is I I I work four days straight, sixteen hour days for four days, just on my feet shooting, 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 right. shooting, and uploading images and sorting it because they wanted the images uploaded to the company every night. And I was I mean I was working from I was up at five. At the convention center at six, you know, shooting until probably five o'clock, going home, eating dinner, standing up, back on the computer, sorting images and uploading them to the company. And I, at the end of the week, I think I slept for like a day. Listen, let me say something about that that sort of job. I think it's very interesting that most anyone who doesn't do that work would think. Wow, what a cushy job. You go stand at a convention and you take pictures of headshots. But, and I've talked to many people. Kevin Newsom is another one. And Kevin, loved, Kevin tells me about this company he works for. He flies him all around the country to do their conventions. And he goes, man, it's a great gig. I fly, they fly me to West Palm for this convention thing they were doing. There. And then he describes his day to me. And it's just like you just said. He's, well, well I'm up at 6.30 or 7 o'clock at the hotel. Great hotel they put me in. I'm like, I don't care how good the hotel is. You're up at 6? He's like, yeah, I'm up at 6 o'clock. And then I've got to go down to the thing. And I work for, and I got to go on the tour thing with them. And so I shoot for about you know, 8 to 10, maybe 
11 hours, and I go back to the hotel, immediately start sorting. I got to get those up to the thing, and, and I'm like, that's a hell job. Kevin Newsom's also in terrific shape. He is. Way. He's in great shape, but I'm just saying it's a hell job. But you wouldn't think, like when you say, hey, I had this great four-day convention gig, and you think, oh, that's a sweet gig. And then when you describe it, it's like, no, that was, was worse than money. a wedding. It, it was good money, but I haven't worked that hard Yeah, but you've worked time. really, really hard. But I think a lot of people who don't do that sort of job would think, well, that's the cushy job. It's really not the cushy job. Did I tell you um, over the course of the four days, I posted this on Facebook a little while ago, over the course of the four days, they uh, they wanted a booth for people to get professional headshots done. Right. So I had a booth going, and um, over the course of four days, the headshot booth was only open for ten hours over those four days. So the convention was basically from eight in the morning till five in the evening, and then they you know rented out Universal Studios and all the stuff after it. But during those four days, only in between the sessions was the headshot booth supposed to be open because they all had to be in the session. So there was ten hours of headshot shooting, and in ten hours of headshot shooting. I did personally 420 headshots. Wow. That's for, for good corporate headshots, for good headshots, posing them the whole nine yards. That's huge. It's a high number. Yeah. Now, in terms of volume. 42 an hour. Yeah. In terms of volume, it's bupkis compared to what I, the number I can throw at you. But in terms of volume for what you were doing, right. that's no, a high number. No, making it look good. Yes, exactly. I mean, you can. You can I shot a father daughter dance once and did 385 printed pictures in three hours. You can do that because <laughs> it's like sit down, click, yeah, get out, exactly. sit down, click, get out. But yeah. to do a. to sit down and make a good professional yeah, headshot. To make a good professional headshot takes more time. Which is really cool because I'm actually going to be. And I'm uh, teaching at Focus 2015 in uh, Orlando. I'm actually looking forward to this program. I don't ever look forward to anything you do. Really? <laughs> but, this, but this one, I'm looking forward to. I've been teaching, when I first started teaching, I would teach social media, web design, and stuff, because that's my background for photographers, because there are a lot of people in the industry who struggle with that. Okay, hold They're that thought, because there was something I wanted to mention earlier, and then I forgot it, and now I remember it, and if I don't say it now, I'm going to forget it again. Okay. You were talking earlier about uh, about you know saying you're a photographer. It used to be cool to say you're a photographer, and now you know everyone's a photographer. That was like on a previous podcast we were talking about. Okay, yeah. here's the thing: how important is it to you as an individual to have a job that when you meet somebody at a party or whatever, and they ask you what you do, how important is it to you that that thing that you say be something unique? Because I have always had that in my life. Right. And I've always really liked it. How many radio DJs do you know? Yeah, I've always really liked it that anytime somebody would say, what do you do? And I'd go, I'm a disc jockey. Oh, I'm a photographer. Oh, as opposed to, I work for the Geek Squad. Yeah, I stopped telling people I was a photographer, and now I just use like a dad joke. I go, if I tell you, I'd have to kill you. you Right, (laughs) but I'm just saying, is that something that has ever been, have you, do you, is it something, do you like that? Just like I love to get the approval of my clients and friends and stuff, all the work I do, I love for people to be interested in what I'm talking about. I love having a job that isn't isn't just, you know, I'm I'm an insurance adjuster. We have jobs and families and plenty of stuff to fill our lives, but we get together and we do this just because we like to talk. Right. Like, so that's the type of people that we are. The answer to that question is obviously yes. I love for people to think I'm interesting and funny and think what I'm saying right. is cool. I, I, I struggle against sort of peeling that back a little bit because that's there's a certain type of person that just doesn't like people like me and people like you. And that's I would okay. say most people don't yeah. like you. Most people don't. <laughs> All right. Back to what you were talking All about, right. which is your program at Focus. So we're talking about the volume headshot thing. So. At, um, I've always taught social media, web design, and then more recently, in the last couple of years, I've started teaching weddings and doing hands-on wedding photography courses. And so I'm really um, – a lot of what I do is headshots. I do actors, models, and a lot of corporate headshots. 
And so f this is going to be my first platform program where I'm teaching my headshot techniques. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do a live demonstration, speed shooting. We're going to get we're going to get 20 random people from the hotel and bring them into the program and I'm going to shoot 20 people in a row in 15 minutes and show people how I sit complete strangers not people I know not that, that's too, I love that see, I want to see that I'm and gonna, I'm a guy who doesn't go to sit through many things and I'm going to right in front of right in front of a room with a few hundred photographers in it I'm going to sit down I'm going to show the lighting the posing how I interact with the client take 20 complete strangers just run them through the headshot booth and show people how to do it and how to get really good results how to right. instantly analyze people how to get people to loosen up and react and how to get some get a great headshot in like under a minute and it's not a situation you you find yourself in all the time no but it speaks to a larger uh, skill set which is basically to be able to relate to somebody get a great expression and make them look good really quickly and making that second nature to what you do which is awesome in photography to be able to do that this will be at the focus convention focus 2015 that's august 29th 30th and 31st in orlando at the florida hotel which is attached to the florida mall which is huge and has amazing stores in it and of course it's orlando so you can go to disney world and, anything and you want to do is Gary right and there. i will both be there we're going to be doing some podcasting there we will be doing a podcast recording from so there be a fantastic time also coming up we've got uh, florida school and lamar school which is the South Carolina school in June. You're doing the Lamar School in South Carolina, right? Teaching that's right. That's four-day we, wedding class. Four-day wedding class, a week of uh, June 8th, 9th, 10th, and in there. And it's four days, hands-on, uh, sun up to sundown. We are going to cover it all. It's, I think, 24 hours total of instruction. And we're going to talk about everything. We're not, not only are we going to do a lot of hands-on lighting and a lot of hands-on photography. A lot of inappropriate touching. Absolutely. There will be inappropriate touching. But I'm also going to touch on some things about things like uh, communicating with your clients, emailing your client, how to craft the perfect email so that you get a reply back from somebody when, you, when they 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 inquire about your services how do you then write back to them so that you hook them and they want to come back to you and how to have facial hair in your 50s without looking like a pervert yes <laughs> which you, you're going to be an expert at that obviously mr beard <laughs> uh, you know so yeah i so i'm gonna be doing all that stuff and that and the same week that i am doing that in south carolina uh, you will be here in Florida, in Daytona. Uh, yes, the week of June 8th, they'll be doing a two-day wedding class at the Florida School of Photography in Daytona Beach. It's going to be held at the Daytona State College. And uh, I think you can find out all the information on both of those things. I'm doing it at fpponline.org. O-R-G. If you are anywhere near either one of these schools and you've never been to one, if you talk to anyone who's ever been to a Florida school or a Lamar school in South Carolina, they will tell you that the, the intense hands-on four days, two days, however long they go for training that you get at these schools, they all sing the praises of it. They all say it's some of the best education I ever got in my life. I'm a big fan of online education, right? right. I love Creative Live is awesome. Uh, PPA EDU is awesome. And I use those resources all the time. However, there is nothing quite the same uh, as getting your hands on right. and getting direct instruction one-on-one -on -one from somebody who, who's really experienced. Someone who you can ask a question. Mm -hmm. Someone who's setting something up and does something and you go, excuse me, why did you do that? Right there and then he can tell you What's why. What's your Explain aperture? the difference. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's your aperture? That's I love it when people look at pictures online and then they come back and they ask you the question, what were your camera settings on this? And I'm like, it doesn't, you know, I think it doesn't, if I told you, what would you do with that? Nothing. Yeah, because it's not like you can just go, oh, well, if I set my camera to 5.6 and 160 uh, and ISO 200, then I'm good to go. No, it, it, what's your situation? Who I'm going to set my camera to that and never change yeah, it. Exactly. <laughs> they, 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 then they always say, what, was your, what were your camera settings on that? I'm like, it doesn't matter what my camera settings were. 
Well, you know? I think that becomes. I mean, it matters, but but I've it's not going to. But it's not going to help you. I've been the guy in the class asking that question. Before. I've asked the question too, but it's more specific. Like if you like, if I'm looking at a certain bokeh, like if you're doing a close-up headshot, for example, and I'm looking at that shot, and I'm saying. He's got the eyes in focus, both eyes. The head's at an angle, so the eyes, there's about an inch difference in depth there. They're both in focus, but the nose is shallow, but both eyes. Okay, so I want to know, was that 3.5 or was that 4.0 at what millimeter? Because, you know, I'm fine-tuning, you know, but I still know going in what the range is and everything. It's the people who have no idea what any range is. And, and and they think that if you give them that number, that somehow that number is you know, going to make it so they can produce that picture. N- well, no, not, not if you're standing any closer, not if you're standing any farther away, not if you're, you know, no, it's not, those numbers aren't going to do it for you. You need to understand the whole, the whole picture and the whole concept. Which is why it's important sometimes to augment your online and book yes. learning with hands-on education. Yes, absolutely. I'm, a, I'm not just, I'm not only the president, I'm also a client. Well, you know, also you get to shoot while you're doing it. So when you go home, you get to look at the pictures you shot and look at the settings on your camera and look at what you produced, I'm which almost, you just can't get with online. I'm almost more into taking a pullback shot of the scenes, what the instructor's doing. Yes. You know, more than, because I don't necessarily want to shoot over their shoulder because really that image isn't mine. Right. You know, I want to just get a scene, sh- a shot that shows how everything was done to reference that. Because I've been so guilty of going to educational things. I take like 17 pages of notes and then I never, never look, look at them, them again. But I will reference those photos if I take pullback photos of the, of the shot. Like, how did right. they do that? What was right. it? You know? Absolutely. So if you want to see us, that's where we'll be. And the information for all of those things is on our website, photobombpodcast.com. And you can find this podcast anywhere where popular podcasts appear, be it iTunes or uh, I always say BuzzFeed. It's not BuzzFeed. What's it called? Stitcher? No. Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout. Thank you. Buzzsprout or uh, the iTunes Store or uh, uh, the one that we use on the uh, Androids, which is uh, the... Uh, Pocket Cast? Thank you. <laughs> ah, tired. Uh, so we had a lot of weddings this weekend. Uh, and be sure and check out our, our, our uh, website at photobombpodcast.com. Send us questions. Questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can check out Gary's work at hughesforyourready.com. You can check out my work at com. We are on Facebook and Twitter. So please look us up. And until next time, we're out. See you later. 